Cover two. Welcome, everybody, to the Cover 2 Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm here with my man, Hooman. How's it going today, Hooman? Will, I am doing really well. Uh, excited to talk about not breakouts this week, because that's what we talked about on our last episode, but we're going to be talking about what we consider to be called stayouts, otherwise known as what types of players, Will? Overrated players. Yeah, these guys you want to stay away from. They are going way too high. In their drafts, you know, their ADPs are skyrocketing and they need to go down. Yeah, or that or it might be a matter of us thinking that they're not going to perform this year. They're not going to have good years. They may not be worthy of a sixth round pick. They may not be worthy of a eighth round pick. They may not even be worthy of being drafted. Uh, they could be that that landmine that you leave there for one of your league mates to take. Definitely. And I'm excited to hear about some of yours. So why don't we just get started? Yeah, so my first guy that I feel is way overrated, I'm going to stay away from. I don't think I would draft him. Oh, man, I, I don't know if I would even draft him. I, I, I would maybe take the flyer on him at the very end because he's going to be in a pretty good offense. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. And my guy that I, not to totally crap on, but it's Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, crazy enough, he had a fantastic start to his career. Um, last year things started going downhill and when you, you finish the season without really having any injury and you're finishing it as a receiver with 8.6 yards per reception, that's not a good look. Uh, that's pretty bad. And granted he did have nine touchdowns last year, which I think some fantasy players will take. Uh, I don't think it's good enough for me. And especially with big Ben, if he comes back healthy and has one final year, of a solid statistical year this year, I think that Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool will be the beneficiaries of that. I I, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is still going to you know be playing in the slot, running over the middle, catching some you know making some big plays on first to get first downs. But I don't think he's going to have a fantasy. I don't want to say fantasy relevant, but I don't think he's going to be a star for fantasy this year. I, I think if you invest his ADP right now is mid sixth round. I think if you invest a sixth round pick in him this year. You're going to be really disappointed. I would, and this is where I was kind of, you know, where would I take him? I would, if he's there in the ninth round, 10th round, sure, I'll take him. But I'd rather, I think you get Deontay Johnson probably in the seventh round or eighth round. He's the guy that's going to have a higher volume. He had the best uh, relationship with Big Ben last year. When Deontay Johnson was in, he was getting tons of volume. And I think that's going to continue this year. Yeah, I mean, and with the... With the Steelers, you they have three guys, and it's so weird to think that Juju was at top of the heap. You know, he was getting a lot of looks even when Antonio Brown was there and they were playing together. It's just crazy to think that he's fallen so far. Yeah, I don't know if it's the fact that he moved from the outside to being a slot receiver or, uh, I don't know, uh, other off-field distractions. Um, who knows what it is? Maybe his mind's not in the game. I don't think that, though. I think the talent's there. I just... I just think that Deontay Johnson and we saw Chase Claypool emerge last year too. I think they're just really talented and I think Big Ben meshes better with them. So, Will, who's who's the top of your list? So, for me, it's, it's Travis Etienne. And, and, you know, we always talk about rookie running backs going real high. 
it's just such a weird situation for me. You have a guy in James Robinson that's already there that was a top 10 running back last season. Granted, new staff, new offense, new quarterback, all of that, especially with a quarterback that he played with in college and ETN. So I do understand that ETN is going a little higher, especially even higher than Robinson in a lot of drafts. I just don't see it with a guy that's going to be sharing time um, that's probably going to be more of a third down back than a first and second down back. I just don't think that he's going to have the breakout season that you want to take a sixth round pick on. You can maybe get him in the eighth round, be your fourth best running back. Maybe you go running back heavy and there's no receivers you like and you want to take him as your fourth running back. I got you. But to make him your third best running back is kind of scary for me. Yeah, that the Jacksonville team, especially the backfield, is just a complete mess right now. I don't think anyone can really predict what's going to happen there. And I think it's going to be very, very crucial to pay very close attention to those to training camp reports and then to the first couple preseason games to see how ETN and how Robinson are being used. Uh, you know, Urban Meyer was telling the press that, hey, ETN is going to be more of like a slot receiver. And if that's the case, I think both of the guys maintain some value. But if that's not the case, because they've got a pretty crowded wide receiver group also, then the backfield becomes crowded. And you just, I don't, I don't see that type of value, like what you're talking about with his ADP being there. So who do you got at number two? So my second guy, and this is, if, if I could put a podcast asterisk next to someone's name, it's this one, because I'm going to go with the tight end here, and it's the asterisk is because of Aaron Rodgers, and that's Robert Tunyon. Uh, he had an amazing year. He finished as the third best tight end in the league. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers is not there and you're drafting Robert Tunyon, you know, with in the 10th round or even in the 8th round, ninth round, and there's no Aaron Rodgers, you are in a whole lot of deep doo-doo because he's not going to be getting those types of targets. Obviously, we've already got Devontae Adams as a target hog in that offense, and that's with a guy that can sustain that many targets with Aaron Rodgers. If it's not Rodgers and they're left with a guy like Jordan Love, it is it is a bad situation. I, I can't even see Love passing the ball more than 23 times a game. So if you talk about the target share there, most of those will probably go to Devontae Adams. Uh Tanyan will his stock will completely plummet. So that's one of the guys that I'm probably going to stay away from until unless Aaron Rodgers comes out definitively and says, I am back. I am back with the pack. We are going. Let's do this this year. I'm staying completely away from Robert Tanyan. Well, and I got two things to say about that. Okay. Number one, when you talk about Aaron Rodgers, the last thing that I heard this week was that they might give him the option of playing this out and then trading him next year since he has a three-year deal to try to entice him to play, maybe get one last you know, raw uh, out of him. But I am upset with you because you have blasphemed to name, okay? Jordan Love is not going to start. The third-string quarterback, Blake Bortles, is on that team. He's starting <laughs> if he's not there, okay? Blake Bortles, rocket arm, six foot five. Can't beat him. If any of you listeners are joining us and haven't, and you know, you, you jumped right in, you didn't really start from the very beginning of the, the podcast, the first few episodes, and witness Will's infatuation with Blake Bortles. Uh, Will's a big UCF guy, so 
he has a huge infatuation with Blake Bortles and him being back in the league. I'm not sure yet if it's a good thing or a bad thing for this podcast. I love it. <laughs> I know you do. So, so tell me who you don't love uh, as your next as your next player. Well, it, it kind of goes off of what you just said, talking about you know where is Aaron Rodgers going to be, and if he was traded to this team, then I'm not. I'm going to actually change my opinion. But right now, as it stands, I am not in love with either receiver from Denver and Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. Yes, they have been going higher in the draft this this stock, but Sutton over Judy. And everybody's got some hype on both of them because Sutton had a great year, of course, was hurt last year. But they don't have a consistent quarterback, and we don't know who's going to start in Denver. And with that inability of knowing, I don't like Denver's offense. I don't like their new scheme, and I think that they're not going they're not going to have a tough time even with either quarterback. I don't hate Drew Locke. I just don't think he is the definitive answer there. He he had some flashes of brilliance last year where he had a couple big games and he got a lot of fantasy owners thinking, hey, this guy could sustain, you know, two receivers. Um, now, the big question is, is Drew Locke going to make that progression? Is he, is he going to jump up and be a better player this year and improve? Likely not. Uh, and that's one of those things where, hey, you know, keep your ear to the ground with camp reports, watch their preseason games, check it out, see how he's doing, see what the connection's like. But I think unless Rodgers does end up there, I think that's a pretty safe bet not to buy into the ADP of those Broncos receivers. So who you have at your last one? So my next guy, uh, he has been a solid fantasy player for numerous years. He's on a team that sustains a high volume running game and that's the san francisco 49ers and my guy is Mostert. uh raheem Mostert, when he's healthy and he's going he's one of the best in the league um he is coming off a season where he was a little bit in had, had a little bit of injury concerns here and there um my big thing is i don't think the san francisco offense is going to change drastically we know that kyle shanahan likes to run we know that he likes to incorporate a running back by committee backfield to a sense because he'll ride the hot hand when it gets hot. Now, that's what also does concern me because if Mostert does have a game where he gets injured or if he does pick up some sort of injury knock along the way or he has an inconsistent game, they did draft Trey Sermon. They invested high draft equity into him. They still have Jeff Wilson there. Uh, I believe they also brought in uh, Wayne Gallman, too, after his yeah. pretty decent year spelling uh, Saquon Barkley. They've got a really loaded backfield there. The big thing to me is Trey Sermon. If Mostert has any issues along the way, I think Trey Sermon is a guy that once he gets acclimated or assimilated into that offense, he's going to become the guy. We see that San Francisco 49ers offense, whoever's running the ball is successful. Trey Sermon is a pretty good running back coming out of Ohio State. We know what he's capable of doing. Will that translate to the NFL? Will it be enough to, you know, vulture some carries away from Mostert? I think eventually it will be. And I'm just not willing to pay the ADP price for Mostert right now, which is not too bad. It's seventh round, early seventh round pick, where you're thinking to yourself, hey, I'm potentially going to get a starting running back here. Well, not really. I I, I, I've got him outside of a running back two right now. So he's, you know, in the middle of being a running back three. 
And if Trey Sermon takes over, that's it. It's over. Yeah, and with, you know, as you said, Trey Sermon is there. And I think it's kind of funny to think about it from our, one of our first episodes. I mean, I think you were pretty high on Moister. And then now with the draft and everything, it just shows how different it can become really easily. And, of course, free agency. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm interested to hear who your third guy is. So for me, it's a little bit of a weird one because I've been down on him all this all the offseason, and he is going really high in drafts, and that's Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is probably the third best running back in as far as the ADP goes. Um, he's going he, he basically before the top seven. You're not going to get him if you don't take him to the top seven. And I just don't see him being that number one back um, that you're going to you're going to have an offense that has Carson Wentz. We don't know what Carson Wentz is going to do. You have Mar- Marlon Mack coming back. Uh, but they got, they have a, an offense where I don't see Jonathan Taylor being a three-down back. He's maybe a first and second down back. He might be ex- he might be spelled out with Marlon Mack if he has a good couple of weeks. And if Wentz can't do it, they're going to have to throw the ball more. So I really don't see him being that set-it-and-forget-it running back that you're going to get that 20, 25 points every single week. Hey, he's going to have a good week here and there. But he's kind of reliant on touchdowns sometimes when it comes to his progression. And with Winsub in the offense, they might not be in the red zone. Yeah, I, I think if if we were looking at the same Colts offense from the end of last season carrying over to this season, I think Jonathan Taylor would be one of those top guys. Um, but with the changes that have happened uh, – I don't, I don't know if we can expect the same thing from him, mainly because, and we've talked about this, and you just touched on it earlier, the Carson Wentz. We, we don't know what it's going to be like with him as the quarterback of that offense. If he does succeed there, it may open the running game up even more. Uh, but we don't know if that's going to be fact or fiction at this point, and we're going to have to kind of just keep an eye on it and see. And Taylor is one of the guys that I would probably avoid taking. I would, if I had my option, I brought this up the last episode, one of my guys that I think is going to be a breakout is Joe Mixon. I would take Joe Mixon over Jonathan Taylor if I had the choice. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I, I mean, the biggest thing that we see with these these guys is just that, you know, we really want the players that we're play, drafting with to take them, obviously. We want to hype them up a little bit to get them, to get them gone. You know, somebody that I see that, I'm not saying he's going to be a, a stud or not a stud, uh, but is is Metcalf. Metcalf is going really high in these drafts, sometimes in the top four. And with Tyler Lockett there and that offense that was really good last year in the beginning of the season then trailed off at the end. Um, I mean, he was Superman when he ran down that, uh, that cornerback. But, you know, Metcalf is a stud. But is he your number one pick that's going to get 25 points a week? I don't think so. Yeah, and we, we can all – he passes the eyeball test. You can see that, hey, if he got the volume, if uh, you know, if he was in a situation where Devontae Adams is, where he's getting that many targets a game, you could definitely justify taking DK Metcalf in the first round. But that Seattle offense is not the same. They are kind of Jekyll and Hyde. Some weeks they're just running the ball. Some weeks they are passing the ball. Some weeks when they're passing the ball, it's Lockett that's getting every target. You know, Metcalf is the decoy. Uh, and then conversely, that happens the opposite way in subsequent weeks. So 
to me, that inconsistency, until I see DK Metcalf being a consistent fantasy receiver like Devontae Adams, I'm not going to be willing to invest my first-round pick in him. Those first-round picks for wide receivers, for me at least, are reserved for guys like Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers. That's something i got to put on there now. Um, or, you know, Julio Jones, prime era, uh, or like a Stefan Diggs this year, something like that. I, and I don't, I think just the one year we've had of seeing DK Metcalf really take it up another level. I don't think that warrants him going the first round. Uh, that's just me though. And it depends on what you prefer and what you like. Well, like always, we are so excited that you have been supporting the show. and we, we see it every single week. Uh, you can always listen to us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and check us out on YouTube as well as our new Instagram page. Yeah, on Instagram, you can find us at Cover 2 Fantasy Football. That's Cover 2, the number, Fantasy Football. Uh, we would love for you to follow us there. Uh, send us DM us any questions you may have. We're going to start doing a segment on our show each week where we are answering listener questions, whether you have start-sit advice, whether you have keep-trade-cut advice that you need, uh, whether you have draft questions coming up, how to start up your leagues, anything that you have, DM us on Instagram, and we will answer it on the show. And we are so excited to be with you in a couple of weeks as we get ready for another draft. I know we'll be drafting soon, uh, but like always... Cover two. Cover two.